Oh my goodness. Welcome to the Dirt Bike Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Brotherson. This podcast is brought to you by Dirt Bike Channel. <laughs> hey, if it's still October when you're listening to this, when I'm recording this, it's October 26th. I've got a sweepstakes going and you have you have such a good chance to win a dirt bike right now. I can't even... It's hard for me to describe it to you because this particular sweepstakes, for whatever reason, has been slower than any of the other ones I have ever done. And so that means your chances of winning this sucker are pretty good. So, hey, you can enter to win. I've given away 17 dirt bikes. I think it's 16 dirt bikes and then a street bike. I digress. Go over to my go over to my website, dirtbikechannel.com right now. Get entered to win. If you're listening to this in November, sorry you missed it. Um, but we're likely going to have another one going on in December. So you could win a bike before the end of the year, which would be pretty cool. So just went on a, uh, a ride with my winner, Randall Duke from Tennessee. He was my winner from August. And I uh, just went on a ride with him last week. It was super fun. We went down in Southern Utah. Uh, you can check out that video on YouTube. It's one of the ones recent there in my feed. And uh, you can do that. Um, <clears throat> apologies. I might be clearing my throat a few times today. Just, uh, we're getting over COVID. So I got exposed to COVID um, at the end of September. And uh, it was just, yeah, then I got it. Uh, I mean, I got it from my dad. We, I was helping him uh, move all the stuff in his house. He got carpet. And so we had to move all the stuff out on a Monday, move all the stuff back in on a Wednesday. I was really close quarters with him. And uh, I ended up with COVID and my whole family here got COVID. So that was rough. And, and it, um, I mean, it wasn't the worst sickness I've ever had as far as like intensity, but it was the longest sickness I've ever had. And I'm still, I still have some lingering effects of it here, you know, three weeks later, 25, 26, 27 days later. And, uh, so I'm back up to like my normal workouts, um, as far as like normal pacing and everything on my workouts on the rowing machine and stuff. But I do feel there is still just some residual, you know, uh, some fatigue. Uh, sleep has been hard this month too. There's been a lot of stuff going on, but anyway, so we're, we're getting over COVID. Uh, so I, maybe my voice may sound just a little bit different. I'm still a little teeny, teeny bit congested, but, um, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about steering stabilizers. Okay. So I get this email uh, quite a bit. Um, probably a couple, you know, a couple times a month, people will be asking me about steering stabilizers and and I get it. I understand why there's a lot of interest in them. Um, there always kind of has been. It's one of those things that people talk about as far as an upgrade that's like, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. And so figured it'd be a good kind of format to go over this on the podcast here. So number one, we're going to do is we're going to story time. I'm going to set the stage for you, kind of tell you a little bit of my background with steering stabilizers, how long I used them and, and that type of stuff. Number two, I'm going to answer two of the following questions. Um, number one is, does the, do these things, steering stabilizers or steering dampeners make the bike easier to ride and control? And number two, does it save you from crashing? And then lastly, what I want to do is talk about some things that you can do to make your bike more stable without the use of a steering stabilizer or dampener dampener. And some people out there really would rather it be called a steering stabilizer. Others would rather me say steering dampener, I'm probably just going to, I might interchange. I might do a little bit of both here. So those are the things that we're, we're going to cover in this podcast. Um, so story time, uh, you know, I used stabilizers on many of my bikes in the past. Um, I didn't use it on my first bike 
but, and I didn't even use it. Uh, well, I, I didn't start out on my second bike with the steering stabilizer, but I finished with it. I installed it after maybe, I don't know, six or seven months or something like that. Um, and there's a lot of different steering stabilizer products out there. The, the, the one that has been my favorite, um, was a Scott's performance steering stabilizer. It allows you to kind of adjust it and tune it. There's some different tuning inputs that you can put on those things. And so, I mean, if you're going to go with one that that's been my favorite, the Scott's performance one, um, there's different options, you know, for mounting them. That's one of the other issues. Um, but I've installed them on many bikes and I have moved them from bike to bike. And it's a quite a bit of work too, you know, and I've also done a lot of back-to-back testings or back-to-back riding, um, experimenting, you could say with these things over the years. And I still, to this day, I'll ride other people's bikes from time to time, you know, if they have, if they have one installed. And so I do have a little bit of experience with it over many, many years. Um, and like I said before, I prefer the type of stabilizer that you can tune to your liking. There's various ones out there. Some of them mount, you know, kind of in front of the, or behind the number plate, um, with a collar. Some of them mount below the handlebars. Some of them mount above the handlebars. In fact, most, a lot of them would mount above the handlebars and then you'd have to get a sub mount, um, to mount it. Sub is like below the handlebars. That was the one that I preferred drawback there is it raises your handlebars and then you're taking weight off the front wheel. I mean, I, I don't want to get into a lot of that, but so going back, I, (laughs) there was, I was following some advice of some well-intentioned, more experienced riders than me. And uh, that was kind of how I first got interested in putting a steering stabilizer on my bike. And I, you know, I just figured, Hey, if it's good enough for those guys, it it must be a good thing. Right. I mean, I can even, I can even think of who they were specifically. I can think of one very experienced writer, um, who many of, you know, from YouTube, uh, somebody that's probably forgotten more about dirt bikes than I've ever known. Um, he was really pushing steering stabilizers. And I'm not going to run anybody through the mud because I'm not about that. But, um, and hey, if it works for him, great. Um, and, and at the time I was so new to riding, I kind of remember being underwhelmed by the results because these well-intentioned people, um, you know, said that it was a game changer and that it was, you know, if not the most important thing, it was one of the most important aftermarket items that anybody needs to put on their, you know, eight, nine, $10,000 bike if they're riding mountain single track or enduro or desert or whatever. And, you know, I, <laughs> in hindsight, it's always 2020. I think what they meant to say was that it was a very important thing to desert racers that are doing, you know, 60 to 90 miles an hour all the time. And then they just extrapolated that down and said, well, if it's good for those guys in the desert, you know, it's good for us down in, you know, 10 to 20 mile an hour average single track riding. <laughs> I now I think that's a jump too far. I think that's a bridge too far. And I don't think that that is the greatest advice. So, you know, we don't know what we don't know. I still don't know what I don't know, you know, so take all of this with a grain of salt. This is just Kyle talking. I don't have the most experience. I'm not an expert. I just am an enthusiast and I live for this stuff. I really enjoy it. And I ride once a week, um, typically. And, you know, so I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I kept using them for many years. They're pretty expensive. We've kind of already covered that. By the time you choose a mounting option, and I liked the sub mount, I the sub mount that I liked, the mount that I liked the best was a sub mount by BRP Billet Racing Products. Um, 
I think that's what they're called. I should have looked that up. I haven't bought a BRP thing for a long time. Um, but the BRP mount with the, with the Scott steering stabilizer in that, and it's, it's very expensive. By the, you know, by the time you get the mount, you're between $600 and maybe $750, depending on what you choose. And so that's expensive. It's very expensive. And sometime around 2015 or 2016, I was doing some back-to-back riding with one of my riding buddies. And this is where I've learned a ton of stuff. I've learned a ton of stuff by doing just back-to-back comparisons where I ride one bike, you know, the guys behind me or in front of me, we swap bikes. And I've learned a ton. And uh, this is one of those days. So we were on similar bikes. They weren't exactly the same bikes. But uh, my buddy didn't have a steering stabilizer on his bike at the time. In fact, I think he very rarely ever did. And he was a good rider, uh, still is a good rider. He w- I, I believe he was on at the time, I believe it was a 2013 KTM 250XC. And if, I'm, if my memory serves correctly, I was on a 2014 KTM 300XCW with the BRP submount uh, Scott steering stabilizer kit. And that is the day. I think about that day frequently. I remember the trails we were on. I remember the feelings that I had. That's the day that I remember really having my eyes opened on steering stabilizers. It was just kind of like the perfect time of my riding where I could I could really assess what was happening and I could feel what was happening in this specific area. Now, I'm still waiting for myself to be able to, you know, be able to tell the difference between like a, a properly tuned PDS suspension and a properly tuned um, <laughs> like Lincoln suspension on the rear of these bikes. Everyone says that they can tell the difference and it's eye opening and it's so much different. And maybe on a motocross track it is, or maybe they're just, they read that in motocross action or something that PDS is bad. And so they, like say, yeah, I can totally feel that. And I know I need to have, you know, I need to have linkage or whatever. (laughs) I digress. The point is there are parts of these motorcycles, parts of these dirt bikes that I feel like I, there's just a time where all of a sudden something clicks and I understand, oh, that's this thing. And then I can feel it from that day forward. And this was one of those days. Uh, You know, so we were on this flowing single track with a, a bunch of turns not like corners, but turns. A lot of single track is kind of flowing where you change, you're changing direction all the time. Lots of direction changes. You know, and I, when I got on my buddy's 250XC without the steering stabilizer, you know, the first thing I noticed immediately right off the bat is how much lighter the front of that bike felt. I mean, it, it was crazy. It was almost like it was twitchy. And for a little bit right there in the beginning, I was like, man, this kind of feels loose. Um, and for just a second, I was a little bit intimidated and I'm like, oh man, but after I would say two to three minutes, I got comfortable on it and we kept swapping back and forth. We were swapping back, back and forth for some other reason. I think it was, I don't, I don't think we were specifically looking at steering stabilizers. I think what we were looking kind of like trying to figure out is the difference in the front forks, because at that time, I think that 250 XC had like an, like a. I think they called it the the four CS fork. Um, it was a closed cartridge fork on the on the K, on the two fifty XC, and then it was the open cartridge on the uh, WP fork on the um, the XCW. And I think we were just trying to feel the differences on that. So it's not like the bikes were the exact same, but man, I really, really, really noticed how much <clears throat> lighter and looser and more free the front end felt on the two fifty XC without the steering stabilizer. And I'd notice how much heavier 
the front end was on the steering on the bike that had the steering stabilizer, my bike. And, you know, I tried um, dialing in the dampening uh, or, or at least just adjusting the dampening down all the way on that Scott's product. And it's a great product. But it, I mean, the bike still felt heavier. It, it just really did. And, and obviously, you could we could say, hey, well, that was a different chassis. It was a two. It was an XC versus an XCW. You know, there's different geometry with different forks. Sometimes, maybe, maybe, maybe even those forks are different length. You know, but the truth is, the XC is supposed to be this cross country, go faster, longer platform that's more stable, <clears throat> and yet it was the one that felt lighter. And so, and and a time and time again. I've seen this happen with other platforms. You, you know, if you really stop and think about it, the steering stabilizer or the steering dampener, it wouldn't be doing its job if it wasn't dampening the steering. It is making, I mean, it's literally just resisting the front wheel from turning. That's what it's trying to do. It's trying to add resistance so that it doesn't change direction, so that your handlebars don't turn as fast, as quickly. That's what it does. That's what it's designed to do. It's making it harder for the handlebars to, to turn. That is a design feature. So what does that do? Well, then that means that it's going to take more energy for us to move the bars and to get the bike to turn. I mean, you can't, it's, you, you, you can't take that away. I mean, if it's going to make the bike harder to turn, if it's going to resist like deflection or something like this, you know, if you hit some weird little thing uh, with your front tire, the one of the ideas is we're going to put the stampener on here so that it doesn't deflect the bike and like kick that hand, kick that tire and therefore the handlebars over on this rider. Well, the flip side of that is it's going to take more energy for the rider to actually turn the bars and it's going to make the bike feel depending on how you tune it. I can tell you it's going to make the bike feel anywhere between 10 to 50 pounds heavier, depending on how you have it tuned. And that's the thing. Like every, every time. So now what that means is every time you go to change direction on the bike, which happens thousands of times on a ride, it's taking a little bit more energy out of you. It's wearing you out more. So that's the story time. And I have, ever since that, that after that bike, I haven't personally installed one on any of my bikes for any length of time other than maybe just, Hey, I just want to test this one or test this, but I haven't been putting them on and I haven't looked back. And I, I really don't have any interest currently in having a steering stabilizer on my bike. I just don't because I found some other, uh, other ways to kind of accomplish the things that I want to accomplish that don't cost me money and don't make the bike really like wrestling a bear. So question number one, does it make the bike easier to ride and easier to, to control? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, my answer is no. I, I don't think it does make the bike easier to ride and easier to control. I, I, yes, it's possible to say, and I will concede that the bike can certainly feel more stable when using these products, especially if you're high speed, you know, and, and it can have an effect on keeping the front wheel, uh, go in the same direction and reducing deflection off of certain types of bumps or edges or hits. But like I mentioned before, the flip side of that coin is that it's wearing you out faster because it's taking more energy with every single turn that you make. 
hundreds and thousands of times in a ride, just a little bit more energy. I mean, what if it's only like a half of a percentage more? Do that a hundred times. Now it's, now you're, you know, you spent 50% more. I, I get it. The math doesn't work, but you understand. Like, even if it's just a fraction um, of more energy that you're putting out to change direction, that adds up and it has a compounding effect throughout the day. I'd rather be fresh and I'd rather have a more connected feeling to the front wheel. And I'd rather have a more, um, you know, just true one-to-one understanding of how objects are affecting my front wheel by, you know, oh, I hit this type of a thing on this type of an angle that did this. I, I then had this feedback come through the handlebars. Okay. So what I could do in that situation is I'll just compress a little bit more, uh, compress and get my front end a little bit lighter next time I hit something like that. And, and over time you're building this repertoire and you're building these skills and these, um, you know, it's almost like, a you know, your IQ, your dirt bike IQ, it's like, oh, I can't hit that thing that way. If I'm going to hit that root or rock or whatever, I'm going to really need to get the front end light so that I don't deflect. And I'd rather be fresh on the bike. And I'd rather have more of that dirt bike IQ of knowing what I can and can't do with the front wheel than simply just pounding through things and allowing the steering dampener to absorb that energy you know, and, and then I'm spending more energy each time I'm putting my inputs into the handlebars. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm not saying steering stabilizers or dampeners are bad and that you shouldn't have one. I'm just saying for me, I don't, I don't think it makes the bike easier to ride and easier, easier to control. It's just kind of like passing the buck down to some other mechanical thing on the bike to compensate. And we have all these things on our bikes anyway. I mean, the suspension is compensating for that. The suspension is complicated (laughs) and there's a lot of different things and the geometry and all this stuff. I just, for me, I don't think it makes the bikes easier to ride and control. Does it make them more stable? Yeah, it certainly can. Um, and, and so that's, that's the case of, you know, where would a steering stabilizer make sense? Well, if I was a desert racer doing 60 plus miles per hour through the desert all the time, then a stabilizer makes a lot of sense because if you're going 60 miles an hour, you know, through some whoops or through, through some whatever it is, and you hit all the time, you hit like little things that you don't even notice that you're going to hit like little roots or rocks or whatever at that speed. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to stabilize that front wheel. In that case, it would help reduce head shake and it would help keep the bike more stable and more planted. And, and, and I would say, okay, great. That's when I'm going to need a steering stabilizer. That's the only scenario that I've seen personally where it would make sense for me, those really high speeds. Unfortunately, 99% of my riding is under this fifth gear or sixth gear threshold. And so it makes more sense for me not to use it, you know, because most of my riding is between first gear and third gear. I would say 90% of it maybe 95% of it is, you know, first gear to third gear. And then there's a little bit in fourth gear and fifth gear and sixth gear. is just like transition stages. I mean, it really, that's what it is. So question two, does it save you from crashing? Okay. You know, cause here's the thing. I've heard stories from people, people email me. I've seen it in social media comments where they say like, Hey, I was in the middle of going down, you know, my front wheel was dipped and, my, and I was like, halfway down to the ground. And then all of a sudden I just felt my steering stabilizer, like boom, just 
kick the bars back and boom, I just was up and it, it totally saved me from crashing. And I love these things. It saved me from crashing so many times. I've read, I've seen that a hundred times when people have said that. <laughs> How many of those people actually had that happen? I don't know because it's easy to copy and paste with the internet. But while it's true that having a more stable front wheel is a good thing at high speed, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to say it. It is not true that this steering dampener slash stabilizer can magically pull the bike back up in the middle of a crash and save you. That is not happening. Sorry, the physics just don't work out. I'm not saying that some angel didn't come down and pick you back up. I'm just saying that it wasn't your steering stabilizer that in the middle of a crash, it just like put some crazy input into the front handlebar and the front wheel and just popped you straight back up. That is not physically possible. It's more likely that the gyroscopic forces of the spinning wheel are resisting that change of direction. That's how gyroscopes work in airplanes. I studied that. That's what I did my degree in is aviation. And we've all felt this before. A wheel, uh, uh, the faster a wheel is spinning, the more it resists this change of direction. We've seen this, you know, if you've ever held a bicycle tire in your hands and held it by the, uh, you know, the axles or held it by, yeah, held it by the axles and then, you know, put it out in front of you and then have, I'm just saying, take your, take your kid's bike tire off or take your bicycle tire off and hold it in front of you. You know, you've got, you'll pinch the axle with your left, you know, hand and pinch the axle with your right hand. Then have somebody spin that as fast as they can, that tire. And then try to change direction of that tire. That right there is the gyroscopic forces of that tire resisting a change in direction. The same thing happens on our bikes. And that can help make you, you know, it, they, they resist turning. They resist the change of direction because of that gyroscopic force, centripetal motion. And that maybe could pull you back up, but it isn't because your steering dampener is all of a sudden doing something. Like in, in reality, if the, if, the steering, if the steering dampener has given way already to make your handlebars turn 15 degrees and then you're part way down, it's not all of a sudden just like deciding to like, it's not got a computer chip and it's saying like, oh, look, the bike's at a 15, you know, handlebars are a 15 degree angle and the bike's at a 45 degree angle. And so we're going to like add this other input into it and just like pull you out. No, that isn't happening. It is a mechanical thing. It has no inputs. It has no idea if it's upside down, right side up. It, that isn't happening. So no, I don't believe it's saving you from crashing while in the middle of a crash. It is totally, it's totally plausible that having a steering dampener could save you from a crash because it resists the bike from turning, but it's not saving you in the middle of a crash. Okay. So I just want to put that one to bed. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do that would make the bike feel more stable, which it can be a very good thing that doesn't involve putting a steering dampener on there. So here are three things that you can do that won't cost you anything, and they can totally transform your experience on the bike. Number one is to check your head bearing tension. So what I mean by this is put the bike up on a stand and then see, and then move, uh, get the front wheel off the ground and uh, see how much tension there is on your handlebars. Can it just flop over? Like here's a tell, here's a telltale sign that it's not got enough and that you definitely have some room to gain here. 
if you put the bike up on a stand and your handlebar just immediately flops to one side or the other, there is not enough tension in that head bearing. And this is making the bike feel light and feel really, you know, sketchy or, 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 or twitchy or whatever. What I like to do um, that I was taught from one of my friends a long time ago is to put just enough to, and so what you would do is then you would, there's, you'd loosen some of the bolts on your, you'd loosen your top triple clamps. You'd loosen like the, there's a pinch bolt. Typically each bike is a little bit different, but there's a pinch bolt there. And then you've got a, usually, you know, this bolt or a nut on the top there of your handlebar. Well, it's not on the top of your handlebars. It's on the top of your triple clamps where you will adjust this tension. And if you, if you get it to where your handlebars, you can put your move your handlebars 10, 15 degrees from, from straight and they'll stay there. But then just with a little bump with your finger, if then it'll flop over, that's kind of like the, like the perfect sweet spot for me. You don't want it. So it, you want it. So it can flop over once it's turned 15 degrees or so with a little bump. You don't want it so that it just it, it flops easily and you don't want it so there's too much pressure on it. But you can play with that. That's the cool thing. It's not going to cost you anything and you should actually go try it. Go try it out on the trail. Try it with a couple different uh, settings and it's pretty cool because you can make your bike feel more stable just by putting a little bit more tension in there. So that's number one. Number two, you can adjust the height of your forks in the triple clamps. So this one also, you're going to want a, you know, a stand, put the bike up on a stand. And if you lower the forks or drop the forks down in the triple clamps, you're, what you're doing is you're lengthening the wheelbase. It is amazing how much of a difference this makes on our bikes. I cannot overstate the amount of difference it makes. Two to three millimeters of a change is a world of difference. Like it's just, it's crazy how much it changes. And if you go say four to eight millimeters change either direction, you're essentially on a brand new bike altogether. Just let that sink in for a second. I have seen this over and over again. And if I want my bike to be more stable, I will drop the forks down in the triple clamps AKA, because you think about that angle that the, the bike is on and dropping that down lengthens the wheelbase and it has this monumental effect. It's crazy how much of effect. Now, if you want the bike to turn quicker and you know, if you're, you're, you're not doing faster speed stuff, I mean, you can think about it like this. If you're doing fast speed stuff, you want to lengthen it generally. And if you're doing slower speed stuff where there's a lot of changes in direction and you don't care so much about the, you know, high speed stability then you'd raise those forks up in the triple clamps and that will make the bike turn quicker and be a little bit less stable. Crazy how much that can help. So two to three millimeters is a world of difference. Four to eight millimeters, hey, we're talking about a new bike altogether. Third thing you can do to uh, make the bike feel more stable is to use more rider sag. More rider sag means you're putting less preload on that spring on the rear shock and allowing the, the back end of the bike to compress more under your weight. What that does is it removes weight from the front wheel. It makes handling a little bit less sharp, but it increases your stability, especially your high-speed stability. And you can try different settings. Conversely, if you use less rider sag, that it means the butt end of the bike is staying more up and down, uh, more up in the back 
And that's putting more weight on the front wheel, also making that front end more sharp. You know, so you can do those things. Number one uh, thing here that I mentioned that you can do to make the bike more stable is properly adjust the head bearing tension, a little bit more tension on there. Make, it'll make the bike feel a little bit, feel more stable. You can also, number two thing you can do is drop the forks down in the triple clamps, AKA lengthen the wheelbase. That will make the bike more stable. And number three, you can use more rider sag on the bike, allow the back end of the bike to compress down more under your weight. And that will increase stability as well. So I don't know. I hope, I hope you guys, I hope you guys learned something from this. I had a fun time just kind of talking through it and making the outline. Um, if you have suggestions for podcast topics, please email them to me. You can email Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. You can email customer service at dirtbikechannel.com. Um, make sure if you want to support this thing, make sure that you're using my links to Rocky Mountain ATV. I have those over on my website, dirtbikechannel.com. While you're over there, you can go ahead and get entered for the sweepstakes that we have going on. Cool thing is right now here in the month of October, anytime you use my links to Rocky Mountain ATV, you're also getting entries into the sweepstakes. So I can't think of a single good reason why if you're going to order from Rocky Mountain ATV, I can't think of a good reason why you wouldn't first use my link to Rocky Mountain ATV. It won't cost you any more and you might win a dirt bike. I'm pretty sure that the reason why Randall Duke won my dirt bike in August is because he used my links. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the back end. We do this as it is 100% fair. It's 100% random. There's a few ways to get entered. You can buy shirts, hats, tie downs, uh, jackets from my website, dirtbikechannel.com. You can use my links to Rocky Mountain ATV. Uh, you can sign up for my text list and my email list. If it's your first time signing up for my SMS list, you get some entries. Same thing with my email list. You get some entries. Obviously, there's a mail-in option that you can do. Um, that we have to do that to make sure it's legal. These things cost so much money to do legally. Um, and I use a sweepstakes company out of California to, to administer this stuff and, uh, and protect me from legally and, and get us insured and bonded and all this other stuff. But anyway, I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone is happy and healthy. Um, and, uh, I don't ever want to get COVID again. That really, really sucked. So <laughs> anyway, that's what I've got for you guys today. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email me, kyle at dirtbikechannel.com or customer service at dirtbikechannel.com. If I don't get to it, uh, one of my assistants will. Dustin will handle your questions or Kimball will handle your questions. And that's what I got. Okay, leave a single track. Thanks, everyone.